Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Learning Unlocked podcast, presented by Open Sesame. Taking a deep dive into the global world of learning and development with practical tips and tricks, along with insights from leading brands and the people that make them work. This is Learning Unlocked. Now, here's your host, Ryan Berger. My guest is Dr. Roger Firestein. He's taught more people to lead the creative process than anyone in the world. He's an associate professor and senior faculty member. He's the author of six books, including Leading on the Creative Edge. And why didn't I think of that? His latest book, Create in a Flash, a Leader's Recipe for Breakthrough Innovation, is available worldwide. His expert views on creativity have been reported in Fast Company, Forbes, Investors Business Daily, Inc., and The New York Times. You can find his new nine-part video series on innovation on opensesame.com, the online learning platform. His seventh book, tentatively titled Solve the Real Problem, is scheduled for release in early 2023. You can find more about him at www.rogerfirestein.com. Roger, thanks for joining me on the Learning Unlock podcast. How are you? Brian, it's a pleasure to be here. Good, good day to you. Thank you. It's happy to be here. Let's start with this. How did you get into the area of expertise where you help people activate their creativity and innovation? Well, this is a kind of a long and fun story. I grew up in Colorado, and uh, when I was in high school, I picked up the guitar and started playing guitar, and um, I began teaching guitar, and I thought I would be a music major. So I attended the University of Northern Colorado, enrolled there in 1974, and to earn money to get through college, I taught guitar lessons. And Brian, I found that my younger students were getting kind of really bored with their guitar lessons. And so I thought, well, if I could get them to get a little bit more creative with the instrument, they might have more fun. They might get more involved. And so I started reading about creativity. And I think I kept the University of Northern Colorado Bookstore in business in, <laughs> in the summer of 1976 because I special ordered every book I could find on creativity at that time. And Brian, there were two names and one place that came up consistently in the literature. And those names were Sid Parnes and Ruth Noller at this place called the Interdisciplinary Center for Creative Studies at SUNY Buffalo State in Buffalo, New York. Now, to make a long story short, I called out there. I moved out here to Buffalo in 1978 from Colorado. I believe I was the seventh person to get the degree out there from here. We've graduated now over 700 and now I've been a faculty member there at what we now call the Center for Applied Imagination since 1984. So that's what led me to it. And it's been sort of a passion. What's well, been a life work for me? And I just keep enjoying it every day, learning more things. And, and But that was the, that was the entry uh, from guitar lessons to, to this. Yes. A lot of people have a problem unlocking their creativity. What's the biggest mistake that people make when they need to get creative ideas to solve a tough problem? Yes, the biggest mistake that people make when they want to get creative ideas to solve a tough problem is, first off, they need to have a problem to solve. Oftentimes, people haven't defined the problem yet. 
And what people think creativity is, is just getting ideas. No, creativity is solving the real problem. So first thing you need to do is figure out what the problem is that you want to solve. And one of the best ways to do that is to not just accept your first definition of the problem, but come up with a lot of different definitions of the problem. And we use words like how to or how might we. Um, so if your problem is like we don't have enough money for this project, well, how to raise the money or how to get reduce the cost or how to get more people involved that want to contribute money. So first off, by defining the problem and coming up with a bunch of different ways to define it, picking the best problem definition and then generating ideas for solving it. But don't try to generate ideas for, for just to generate ideas. Make sure you have a well-defined problem to solve first. And that's the focus of the next book that we're working on is finding the real problem. Because it doesn't make any sense to generate ideas for solving the wrong problem. Figure out what the right problem is first and then generate ideas for that. Yeah, in your videos and in your books, you've given lots of examples of solving mm -hmm. the real problem. Can you share one with our listeners where, you know, I know you consult to a bunch of Fortune 500 companies. They've called you in. And maybe you go, you know, this isn't the problem. This is the problem. And this is what needs to be solved. Yeah. And it's usually, it's not me that does that. I help the people come up, help them to see what the problem is. Here's an example from medicine. For years, it was believed that the cause of a heart attack was plaque buildup in the heart. And so what people thought was that if you, have, if you were, had a heart attack, the best thing to do was to rest. This is the early 1980s, to rest, to not get overexerted, all that sort of stuff. Well, as a result of doing autopsies, what they found that less than half of the, of the uh, heart attacks were caused by a plaque buildup. What happened was the plaque in the heart would break, it would fissure. And the body's natural reaction to a break is to create a blood clot. So a blood clot would come in, close the fissure in the artery, and a blood clot caused the heart attack, not a cholesterol buildup. That was the invention of stents. And, and that was one example of what we thought was the problem. Hey, this isn't the problem at all. It's not plaque buildup. It's a blood clot. And here's how we can solve it in an entirely different way. And by doing that, we've increased the life of folks extremely over the years. So that's one example. Yeah. What are the two most important things to keep in mind when you want to get creative ideas? The two most important things to keep in mind when you want to get creative ideas is to first separate imagination from judgment. So first, when you want to come up with lots of, when you want to come up with creative ideas, don't judge them, don't generate them and judge them at the same time. Hmm. Because if you try and judge ideas and generate them at the same time, it's like driving a car with a foot on the gas and the foot on the brake pedal at the same time. You don't get very far. It's not really good for the car either, right? So don't judge those ideas. Just get them out. That's the first thing. The second thing is to go for lots of ideas. We call it first defer judgment, hold the judgment off. Second, go for lots of ideas and go for quantity. So people ask me, well, how many ideas do I have to come up with to get a good idea? And the answer to that it depends on the kinds of ideas that you're looking for. If you really want to get out-of-the-box ideas, it's not uncommon to get 100, 200 ideas. But one of the things that we found is to set a quota. And we, what we've usually found is a quota between 30 to 35 ideas is a good quota to strive for. Here's the interesting thing that happens, Brian. In the first 10 to 12 ideas, those are the usual ideas that people have thought of before. Those are the usual associations. The next 10 to 15 ideas or so become the more unusual ideas. People get a little crazier, a little goofier. Now, those ideas help to form the unusual and valuable combinations that occurred later on in the process around 30 or 35 where the new insights are coming. But if you're sitting around in, in a group and you're generating 10 or 12 ideas and you think you're getting a little creative, you're not. All you're doing is getting those ideas that have already come out already. 
The creativity comes in the stretch. The innovation comes in the stretch. So defer judgment. Don't judge your ideas while you're generating them. Go for lots of ideas. Set a quote of about 25 or 30 ideas. And it's amazing when those breakthroughs will begin to occur. Around 25 to 30 ideas. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Diversity, equity, and inclusion continues to be a top priority for businesses everywhere. Open Sesame has created a survey that will give you insight into where your organization stands on diversity. Aside from being educational, this survey is a powerful tool to help you understand areas of improvement and spark conversations about strategies for creating a more inclusive and equitable workplace. After you take the short survey, you'll get access to Open Sesame's DEI Toolkit, an online hub where you can find additional resources. Visit opensesame.com today to start your survey. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. How do you get unstuck when you run out of ideas? You look around. You look around. So, for example, one of the breakthroughs that we talk about is a thing that uh, we're coming up with new ideas is to make connections. For example, the breakthrough that led to the connection of a pacemaker was a flashing traffic hazard light. Okay. The breakthrough that led to the invention of the Nike waffle trainer was the discovery one morning of Bill Bowerman watching his wife pull a waffle off of a waffle iron, and he made the connection with the waffle surface of the waffle and the new trainer that could that could drip, drip the uh, artificial running track. So when you get stuck, look around. So say you're working on a problem and you get stuck. Well, don't just stay working on that problem. Look around the room. So, for example, if I was getting, if I was working on on a, a problem of, uh, say, a new book I want to write, well, I look around the room. I say, well, what ideas do I get from looking out at my trees? Maybe I could write about creativity and growth. Or what ideas do I get by looking at my coffee cup over that over there? Well, maybe I could write about creativity and how important it is to take breaks. Or what ideas do I get by looking at my at the at my cell phone here? Well, how to communicate better using creativity. So the key is is to not stay down one channel but to begin to look at other channels as well. So look around. Pictures are great for that. You know, just bring up some Google images if you get stuck. Also look out the window, okay? And use those to make some connections as well. So the number one thing is when you get out around of ideas, look around, make some connections. At first, those connections might not make sense, but the more connection making you make, the better you get at it. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I think there's a lot of people, and I would even put myself in this category, where you feel like, you have to be in a Zen state. You have mm. to be silent and your brain has to slow down and you have to say, okay, ideas come to me because <laughs> I'm not thinking of 800,000 different things right now. I'm slowing my brain. But from what it sounds like, you use these other opportunities, whether it's the waffle iron or the blinking light or whatever it is to get ideas as you're going in your everyday life. Is that kind of how it works? Well, there's two forms of creativity. One is the creativity that you wait for. And I think we all experience that. That's the ideas that you get while you're taking a shower, where you're driving, or where you're falling asleep at night. Those are the ideas that just sort of bubble up, okay? And then the other is deliberate creativity. And Brian, what we're after is we're after deliberate creativity. So when you deliberately define the problem you want to solve, that helps. If you deliberately don't judge ideas, that makes a big step. If you deliberately go for a number of ideas, that'll make a difference. And if you deliberately make connections, if you seek out connections, then you'll be able to come up with more ideas as well. So it's great to wait for the idea, but today, most of the time, we don't have the luxury of just waiting for that idea. 
we have to turn our creativity on and be deliberate about coming up with new ideas. So yeah, that's what we're after. What's the most common way that people can ruin a brainstorming session? I've sat in on a lot of these and some have been good. Some aren't so good. What's the most common way that people kind of get those off the track? Okay. So speaking of track, are you, um, when you're going out, do you, do you exercise, Brian? Are you I exercise do. Person? Yeah. Okay. So what, before you, what, what's your exercise? What's your chosen form of exercise? Uh, I ride a Peloton and I also go for walks every day. Okay. So before you really do your heavy duty exercising, what do you do first? Uh, I get my water ready. Uh, I usually put on my headphones and I listen to a podcast if I'm on my walk and I just kind of get ready to have an hour of uh, exercise and relaxation. So you get ready. So you warm up. Yep. So if you're going to do heavy duty physical exercise, you warm up first. You wouldn't even imagine going out doing heavy duty physical exercise without doing a warm up first. That's the most important thing to do when you're generating ideas in a session. So what we recommend folks to do is that they'll do a little warm-up exercise before they start to generate ideas on the tough problem. Some of my favorite warm-up exercises are how to improve a bathtub. Let's get together and generate 25 ideas on how to improve a bathtub. Or another fun one is how to get a hippopotamus out of a bathtub. You know, 25 <laughs> ideas for solving that. Another fun one is how to get a giraffe out of your refrigerator. Okay, come up with 25 ideas for that. Take five minutes, do a warm-up session first to get those creative ideas flowing, and then work on the problem at hand. And Brian, I got to tell you, my entire 45-year career, when I neglected to do a little warm-up activity, something fun, something silly, something out of context, and tried to work on the problem initially, it failed. Because what a warm-up activity does is it sanctions the time for speculation. It tells people, hey, we're thinking a little bit differently now, and we're going to create a judgment-free zone. So first, take five minutes, warm up, do something fun, then work on the problem that you need to solve, but also make sure you have a well-defined problem to solve. But the biggest mistake that people make is they go right in to try to generate some ideas, and they're stuck because they're not warmed up. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but... Uh, you say that 99% of the time, what you think is the problem is actually not the problem. How many <clears throat> times in your career, 45 years and many, many organizations, have you gone in and you meet with the organization and you come out and it's like, okay, we identified the real problem instead of what they thought was the problem they called me in for. Okay. So there's been one instance where we came in, where they brought me in and what they thought was the real problem really was the problem. In all the thousands of times that I've worked together with organizations, they bring me in and they say, here's kind of the goal. Here's what we want to work on. But that's generally not the problem. Or it's it's a piece of the problem. Or it's a symptom. Or it's what the boss thinks is the problem. Or it's just kind of this general mess that you really can't get your hands around. And the only time that I had that we came in and what the client thought what the problem was really was a problem was in actuality, the gentleman had been in a creativity session that I'd done before. He learned how to identify the problem and he actually had done the pre-work ahead of time to figure out what the real problem is. So I'd probably say it's more than 99% that what, when I'm brought in to work on a particular challenge, it's not the problem at all. It's a symptom. It's, a, it's something that's, that, that, that's totally, that's not related to it, um, but it's not gonna solve it until we spend the time breaking it down to try and solve what the real problem is. It's that, it's that pervasive. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Open Sesame helps companies develop the world's most productive and admired workforces. How? 
by having the most comprehensive catalog of e-learning courses from the world's top publishers, publishers like TED and Harvard. And having courses that cover learning topics like diversity, equity, and inclusion, leadership development, safety and compliance, and wellness. Try a course for free today by visiting opensesame.com backslash course of the week. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. We have a lot of people who work for various organizations who listen to this podcast. And Mm -hmm. Roger, in my career and what I've observed, I see lots of meetings where great ideas are discussed, but then you have to actually take the ideas out of those meetings and implement them and turn them into something. A lot of organizations are, are challenged in doing that. They have great meetings, but then they don't carry forth the actions. How do you help people actually turn the ideas into action? Great question. First, make sure that it's a problem that needs to be solved. The worst thing to do is to come in and just have a brainstorming session for the sake of doing a brainstorming session. So when you're bringing a group together, make sure that this really is the problem that they want to solve. Second, make sure that it's the true problem. It's a real problem. So spend some time defining what that problem is. You can spend about 10 or 15 minutes doing that. That's all you really need. Then generate some ideas for solving it, but you don't need the whole hour of a meeting to solve it. Take 10 or 15 minutes to generate some ideas because then what you have is if you're following the guidelines for generating ideas, you can come up with about 25 or 30 ideas. So say you have an hour or an hour and 15 minute meeting. The first half of that meeting is just devoted to figuring out what the problem is, generating ideas for solving it. Then the next half, the next 45 minutes, that's when you select the ideas, decide who's going to put them into action. What often happens, Brian, and I'm sure you've experienced this, is you'll get into a session and people will be brainstorming ideas. They'll be brainstorming ideas for an hour. And at the hour, the meeting's over and we have all these ideas stuck up there on the wall and nobody's converged on those ideas to take them forward. So first thing you need to do is is to diverge out, come up with a bunch of ideas, but then it's going to take you twice the amount of time to converge, to focus on those ideas, to assign implementation, then then to come up with them. What often happens is people spend all the time generating ideas and they don't spend the time uh, selecting who's going to go out and develop those. So that's my biggest advice around that. You have a new nine-part video series on innovation on opensesame.com. We talked about that off the top. Yes. You have some great topics in there. I've watched the videos. They're very helpful. Uh, Tell our audience a little bit about those. Well, it's a nine-part series on innovation. And what we did on this is uh, we decided that we were going to make these things beautiful. We're going to make them compelling. We were going to tell stories. Uh, So uh, we talk about to get new ideas, make connections. We use the example of uh, getting ideas from a waffle iron for uh, for the uh, for the Nike trainer. We take a look at solving the real problem. We not only use some medical examples in there, but we use other examples as well. We talk about how important it is that when the rules change, creativity is king. And so when things change, like the pandemic, one of the things that immediately became accepted was telemedicine, where before it wasn't accepted at all at all. The other thing we talk about is how to run a well-functioning idea-generating session. We give examples of how to do that. You actually see idea-generating sessions in there. We uh, show you how to run sessions on how to solve the real problem, how to challenge what the initial definition of the problem is. And Brian, to your point, there's a video there called uh, How to Develop Your Ideas. And we talk about a tool to develop and refine those ideas called pluses, potentials, and concerns. So you can take those ideas and put them into action One of the other videos that I love is how to get the world to fall in love with your idea. 
and we talk about the things that you need to do to diffuse your idea out into the world. One of my also favorites is when you get stuck, take an excursion. And this, this video takes you on an excursion to use that whole force connections technique that we talked about earlier. But instead of you going outside, we take you outside and we take you to the Grand Canyon and we take you to the Sequoia Forest. And we, we, you learn about how the invention of Velcro came from a cocklebur. And, and you learn about how, the, how, how ideas from nature have inspired ideas in people's lives. So it's a wonderful video for a four minute break when you've been working on a problem really hard, put the problem aside, take an excursion, come up with a new idea. And the folks at Open Sesame, that's one of their favorites and one of mine. I'll end with this. There's, you know, this is called the Learning Unlock podcast. Mm-hmm. People learn in, in various ways. We've had people who teach via audio, via video, you know, you write books. Is someone who has created these videos for Open Sesame and also written books, what do you think the best way to learn is? I know it's a broad question, but you know, some mm. people like to say, hey, the attention span's shorter than it's ever been. So it's gotta be, you know, a video within a certain time frame. And books need to be offered in audio and in print. What are your experiences around people like retaining the information that you're teaching them? Yeah, first little bites. Okay. And in the Open Sesame video, the videos of programs, the videos are three to four minutes. But the key then is action. So you've got to do something with it. Um, when we teach these classes on creativity, you're not just sitting there learning creativity theories, you're applying this. So the best way that I find that people learn is that they apply this to something that's important to their lives. So when I teach creative problem something in the class, they're learning the creative process, but they're learning the creative process on something that's important to their life. So they're learning how to redefine problems and they're applying it to their life. So it's it's also a mix too. So a mix of um, maybe a bit of reading, maybe a bit of video, but my big thing is really action learning, getting your hands on it, experimenting with it, trying it out, failing, learning from that. Uh, but my big focus is really applying it in your life and uh, and applying some action. That's my best way to learn that I recommend. Find him online at rogerfirestein.com. You can also find his videos on opensesame.com. Like I said at the beginning, he's written many, many books. You can find those worldwide and bookstores everywhere. Dr. Roger Firestein, thank you so much for joining us on the Learning Unlocked podcast. It's been my pleasure, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Learning Unlocked, presented by Open Sesame. Download this and every episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learning Unlocked is produced by Griggs Productions.